Welcome to the first ever episode of the Suns Planet Podcast, where three fans from around the world try to bring together all of Suns Planet. Of your hosts, aka Sundress Dunks, and I've got my two co-hosts with me. First, it's one a.m. his time. He's the Thunder from down under, Sir Hammo. How you doing, mate? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you very much. This is uh. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Awesome. And then the third piece, he's no longer the hottest free agent. Hey, how you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. You know, it feels a little bit strange to be back from Taiwan and off the free agent block, but I'm just excited to be part of an all-star team. You know, that's what it's all about, chasing rings. That's what I'm here for. Yes, sir. This guy, you know, first episode ever, and we already had to throw the entire show sheet away and start over with all the rumors. Is this what podcasting is like, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little lot of changes. <laughs> so, of course, there are a lot of rumors swirling around the Suns and DeAndre Ayton right now. And we'll talk about all of that. Uh, since it, this is our first episode, we do first key. I live in California in the Bay Area. I've been a Suns fan since the late 80s. I grew up in West Virginia in a small town. There were no pro sports teams of any kind anywhere near me. Dad was a Lakers fan. I said, hell no, get out of here with that. I can't be no Lakers fan. So I saw Kevin Johnson running around, cooking fools, making them look silly. And those short shorts, the purple and orange, I just fell in love immediately. Been a diehard Suns fan since then. Watch almost every game. Uh, you know, I'm one of the most optimistic Suns fans. These guys will have to keep me in check. He's still my favorite player ever. But DeAndre Ayton is my favorite player right now. And you know, with all the rumors around him, it's it's a little tough. But uh, and uh, let's do this. Jake, how about you? Uh, you know, well, uh, gosh, so what are we discussing? Uh, how long we've been Suns fans? Uh, I'd have to go back to uh, the Barkley era then for sure. Uh, who I would probably say is still my favorite player, uh, although Devin Booker certainly uh, putting in a, a hard fight uh, for that one. Uh, so it's probably uh, right now Barkley, 
uh, Booker and Steve Nash for me. But, um, you know, I just remember as a kid, uh, a long time ago, my older brother was explaining to my parents that Charles Barkley had beaten Michael Jordan in the championship. And I was too young to understand that it was a best of seven. Uh, so I immediately thought, well, <laughs> if he beat Michael Jordan, then it's over. And he's now the new best player. And I decided that he is now the greatest player. And I'm a huge fan of his at five years old. So uh, it didn't exactly work out the way I'd envisioned it, but it will someday. Uh, so, uh, yeah, probably a, a fan since uh, that era. beautiful man it's beautiful pretty similar for myself um you know 85 model over here so yeah that that early 90s team was pretty prevalent growing up and um you know continuing forward through the years and years and years of heartache and uh now we're here and that's something special isn't it that is just something incredible so uh yeah no look uh phoenix suns always been a lifelong obsession love the colors love the team and uh i think we i think we cracked it for a good team this year guys i think this is uh i think this is going to be us i really do no doubt me too man and, and that was one of the reasons i wanted to start this podcast and so we are suns planet we're trying to bring together all of Sun's Planet. You know, we've got uh, one guy here from California, one guy here from Australia. So I think we might be the first Sun's podcast with people from multiple continents. But, you know, we're trying to bring together everyone, not just here in Phoenix. Um, you know, we're going to be at least a weekly podcast every Saturday morning for now, starting at 8 o'clock Pacific or Phoenix time. Uh, here live on YouTube. It's also going to be on Spotify later. Uh, I believe with video, if it keeps working like my test worked, we might be the first uh, Sons podcast. Yep, uh, podcasts, of course. You know, I, I like to listen to a lot of audio podcasts. So, um, what do you guys think about the podcast? Any comments? What, what do I think of the podcast? Yeah. I think you might have cut out a bit there, Keith. I wasn't quite sure. Like, as a medium, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, podcast. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's my internet or your internet. I, I'm having a little bit of stutter here. I don't know. Can everyone hear me okay, or is it just Jake? No, you, you are cutting out a little okay? bit there, uh... You are cutting out a little bit there, Dunks, but hey, what's first episode without a few technical difficulties? Oh, I'm sorry. It might be my internet. I'm not sure. Um, I could reset it, but that would just throw everything off, I think. How am right, I sounding now? Rolling. Yeah. Sounded it's, better. <clears throat> yeah. We'll roll with it. But as for, yeah, no, I'm a huge podcast guy. Oh. I listen to podcasts all the time. Uh, you know, and I think a big inspiration for us. Aussie Suns fans, PHNX, um, you know, Sun Solar Panel. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss some people here. Suns Jam Session, Fanning the Flames, Suns Geek. Um, oh, he's on fire. He's thank you. I knew I was gonna say Utah, but like, <laughs> yeah, he's on fire. So uh, we've got a, a great community um, of Suns podcasters. I know I'm missing some some other folks there. Locked on Suns. Um, 
But uh, no, th- this is going to be a slightly different take. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I saw that we've got Suns fans in England, Suns fans in France. Uh, you know, if uh, if the if the fates allow it, then you know maybe we, we can take a look at uh, yeah, bringing in guests from different countries and really make this a true true planet. Uh, and uh, you know, but uh, I've got to ask you something though, Hamo, because it is nighttime in Australia. What are you doing to take the edge off to get ready for uh, you know the rest of the evening, which is fastly disappearing on you um i actually woke up about 20 minutes ago so this is perfect had a nice little nice little nap um so yeah no it's uh it's as keith was saying yeah it's 1am over here on a sunday morning in australia the 24th of uh september so yeah no it's um oh look i could not pass up an opportunity to work with two of the best basketball minds when it comes to the Phoenix Suns in uh, both yourself, Jake, and and in Dunks. And, um, yeah, in terms of podcasting, it's it's an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to people about the Phoenix Suns. And that those names that you mentioned there are 100% spot on. Uh, I see in the chat we've got the man himself, the one and only Darth Voider. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, creepy Crawley, you know it's it's the same time for him, so that's uh, that's a bit of dedication there on on his behalf. But yeah, you know the Ph and X guys, um, Suns Jam is is a, a an obsession of mine. Uh, I love being able to finish early during the day, finish work early, and able to get home in time to to catch Suns Jam. So yeah, we're we're just hoping to continue that kind of trend and you know bring you guys a different take on um what's happening in in the in the sun's planet at the time well hamo let me ask you so you're young i think you're the youngest of the three of us right uh i'm 38 years old oh okay yeah i was gonna say you got that major dad energy you took a nap i was thinking you're gonna be like i got a cocktail here i I've, i've been raging with boyd maybe for the last few hours and now i'm ready to just get all very professional and locked in I was hoping that's what Not you're going to go with. And uh, and Keith, what are you starting the day with? A cup of coffee? I mean, what, what's what's breakfast like in California? Is it um, you know, uh, is it uh, you know, avocado on toast uh, with a slice of fruit? You know, California dairy plate. What, what what's this? What's the story with the uh, early mornings California time? That's pretty much it. No, no, you know, I, I'm <laughs> traditional. fried steak and all that good stuff. I already had my coffee. I've just got a little bit of water here with me right now. Um, how are things sounding now with, with everything? Am I coming through? Definitely coming through better. But, but remember, this is if there is technical difficulties again. Remember. This is live, gentlemen. I and people are paying the premium dollars to watch the premium players play. We're going striking. Pinged audio, Voida says. What does that mean? I don't know. Are we still no having idea. problems? No, it's sounding okay over here. Well, I hope it's coming through. Uh, but, you know, this is our first episode, so... Not surprising if there's a few little technical difficulties. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, you're, cu- you're cutting in Boy and out sometimes, sometimes with the internet. In yeah. 
All right. So I'm sorry about that, but uh, we'll try to, to power through here. Uh, of course, you can see number 22 behind me in the background. It's DeAndre Ayton. We're talking about like the 200th time of DeAndre Ayton trade rumors. Can you guys believe we're doing this again? You know, God, I swear to God, this is an silly. NBA 2K. It's it's some kid, and we're living in his dream right now of just sitting in NBA 2K. And he's like, "What could I get for this guy?" And it's and but he keeps picking Aiton for some reason. So yeah, no, and and for some reason he has a weird affinity to keep re-signing Ish Wainwright to minimum contracts. But either way, the important thing to note is that yes, he has hit the button again because he's just curious what's out there. And I tell you what, I for one, and I'm gonna guess Keith. As a diehard DeAndre Ayton fan, um, you're not loving what we're hearing as possible returns so far. I definitely am not. Uh, you know, Blazers fans already hate Yusuf Nurkic, so I don't know why Suns fans would like him any better. He would be a huge downgrade from DeAndre Ayton. Uh, but let's try to update people. You know, because even last night I was seeing people on Twitter. Why, why are people talking about DeAndre Ayton trade rumors? You know, some people are a little bit behind. They haven't heard all the, the stuff. So uh, I'll try to update everybody here real quick. Uh, let me know in the chat if I'm still coming in and out or if I'm coming through okay. But, Definitely uh, better. Okay. You know, obviously, DeAndre Ayton has been in trade rumors before. Uh, a lot of people thought earlier in the summer that he would be traded, but we got through that time. We're just a couple weeks from training camp. Everyone thought the roster was set. Everything was over. And then what happens? Some people on Twitter, including an account that calls himself Dropping Dimes 20, started posting things. If this guy is the same person, he's been right or had some info before maybe. So he started saying things like, you know, a Dame Lillard trade was close, uh, that, you know, Portland likes Aiton, that Aiton could be uh, the domino effect or the key that unlocked. So this and uh, Gambo from 98.7 Arizona Sports chime in. PHNX came in and said, you know, there's several teams being aggressive, teams like Chicago with Zach Levine. Teams like the Raptors with OG and all the players that they've got. And, uh, you know, they said that, you know, Phoenix could be a dark horse team uh, for a Dame Lillard trade as maybe a third team or a fourth team. And then right around the same time, John Gambadoro Gambo said that he thought a Dame Lillard trade was going to happen in the next 24 hours. Well, it's been two or three days now, so that didn't happen. But he also said, if the Blazers make Yusuf Nurkic available, he expects the Suns to have interest. And so, of course, that's all people have been talking about the last couple of days. Up, they said that they've heard there are talks between Portland, Miami, Phoenix, and Indiana as the fourth team. Obviously, Indiana has a problem with uh, Buddy Hield, and they need to trade him. So maybe they're going to get in on some of these trades. And uh, PHNX said, 
you know, obviously Nurkic for Aiton doesn't work straight up, even with the salary, but we could maybe take other players back, like a TJ McConnell from Indiana and or a Caleb Martin. What do you guys think about these rumors we're hearing? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I so you always have to like how people are, are, are couching their language a little bit, right? So they're sitting there and they're saying, well, dark horse, wild card, maybe possible. Eh, you know, they're just taking calls, man. They're just taking calls. I, I think Suns Jam made the point that uh, uh, John was saying, well, you know, if somebody calls your phone, you accidentally pick it up because you think it was somebody else. Well, now you got to talk to the general manager and hear about DAA. And then some intern is ratting you out saying, uh, you know, oh, they're talking about trading DeAndre Ayton. So, no, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, if it potentially comes to this, at some point, it could be that they would consider. And there's all these, you know, language, uh, you know, uh, just tactics that they're using to be like, I don't know. But let's be honest, DA is the only tradable contract right now. Uh, you're, you're not going to trade Bradley Beal, Booker, the franchise is not going anywhere. And you did not just dump everything to get Kevin Durant to send him for anyone else because you're not going to get anyone better than Kevin Durant in a trade. Um, you can't trade most of the minimum contracts. So, you know, it, it's, it's the only one to talk about, which is unfortunate. Um, and because we all have a special place in our, in our heart for DA. And I think, you know, if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, you're kind of naturally a fan of underdog teams. I mean, don't get me wrong. Football season is here. I'm a diehard New Orleans Saints fan. Some people might say they're an underdog, but we won one Super Bowl ring. And really, that's all I wanted. Uh, oh, I might want more. But, like, you know, that was so special. The Suns can win the chip. It's going to be, oh, right up there with, like, one of the greatest moments ever. So what's tough is that we kind of like an underdog team, one of the highest performing, best, perf you know, win rate teams in, uh, you know, professional sports. And they haven't quite done it yet. So it's an underdog team. DeAndre Ayton, first round pick, first overall. We got it. We finally got a number one overall pick. And he's been good. He hasn't been amazing. And so I think there's a spot in some of our hearts where it's just like, but he will be. And when he does, we're going to be ready for it. So it, it frustrates us when we're like, well, this guy, Yusuf Nurkic, is an okay interior defender. And he gets about maybe close to 10 points a game. And he plays about 50 games a year. I mean, it's like, ah, no. <laughs> like, let me live my dream of seeing DA take a uh, place. But that's the unfortunate thing. Tradable contract. We're going to hear it all year long. I don't really understand what it is with um, Suns fans and DeAndre Ayton. To, to, to what end? What's our, in social media terms, to what end do we want DeAndre Ayton? Every chance we get, his name is being thrown up for trade bait um, considerations for moves three team moves all that kind of stuff what do what do the um social media suns fans want do we want da or do we just want to keep bitching about him and look at every chance that we can to move him on i think this is going to be da's best chance to show us what he can bring to the team and i'm i'm honestly i'm getting pretty damn sick and tired of people wanting to trade him at every chance we can get. Uh, the Suns Jam session did an absolute brilliant job the other day of breaking down the statistics difference between DA and Yosef Nurkic. And it's, it is a dumb, dumb trade idea. 
DeAndre Ayton is a much better player than Nurkic is and will be. It's being, you know, especially for someone like me that's a self-professed Ayton stan. But, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised and happy over the past couple of days to see the vast majority of Suns fans, at least on Twitter and the comments that I've seen, saying, hell no, this is a terrible trade. We don't want to trade DeAndre Ayton, especially for someone like Nurkic and maybe a someone like OG and Anubi also in the trade. That you know, the few fans that I have seen trying to rationalize this trade, they're saying the things that we heard earlier in the summer. They're saying things like, we're a top-heavy team. We don't have any depth. We need to trade DeAndre Ayton for three or four players. So we have you guys cook in free agency. Did you not see us sign Eric Gordon, Yuta Watanabe, KBD, Ball Ball? Come on now. We have depth. We are one of the deepest teams in the league. Go, downgrading at the starting center and getting a couple players that really are not better than guys like KBD and Eric Gordon, what does that do for us? We have a chip squad as it is. You know, we added two of the best players in the league over the past year. First, we added KD. I'm rocking the jersey today. I don't, you can't quite see the 35 there in the picture, but I'm rocking the KD jersey. We've only seen the season. Then what did we do? We added Bradley Bill. This guy averaged 30 points just a couple of years ago. We have a great top four. We have a good fifth starter. In my opinion, is KBD. Could be a couple other players. We have Eric Gordon, possible sixth man of the year. I think we're a super team. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, absolutely. Are we a super team? Absolutely. We're a super team. Uh, you know, I, I think it, I, Vegas even recognizes us as one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it, you know, let's not start trading away key pieces before we even know if they fit. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, coach, uh, Co coachy, uh, coachy Frank, uh, you know, uh, as Boyd is, uh, you know, loves to put a song together with his name. Um, and, uh, and, you know, get the head bob going. Um, but, uh, no, Frank wants him. And why wouldn't you like, uh, the, uh, he is a big man whisperer, like everywhere he's gone, he's had a positive impact on the big men there, obviously with LA, you know, a little bit already established, but, um, Vucevic, uh, Roy Hibbert guys that like uh, Hibbert was nothing after he left, uh, Indiana. Roy um, Hibbert, so, wow. you know, yeah. It, so I think if I'm Frank, oh, wow, am I licking my chops to get out there uh, on the court and work with my team to try and get Aiton in the best possible position? And Aiton's always been like, yeah, maybe he wants to shoot an occasional three-pointer or something. Um, but he 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 likes to play defense. I get, you know, people always knock the hustle and is he paying attention all the time. But I could see Frank selling him on, hey, you become our, like, 
our street sweeper, man. Like if somebody comes in the paint, you wreck them. You stop everything that comes in there and you will become, because it's not going to be Beal. He's not going to be a lockdown defender. Booker is a good defender and Durant is, is good. Not great. Uh, but oh, so DA and Josh Kobe potentially could just wreck havoc on the defensive end and then just easy shots from the other three. I mean, it's they're going to be sharing it the whole time. But like, if I'm Frank, please do not send DA before I get a chance to work with them in training camp. I mean, you know, it would be one thing at trade deadline when we'll know a little bit more. But my goodness, come on, guys, you, you, you can't be like, well. Nurkic, uh, <laughs> it, who's a solid player, um, and, you know, I'll cheer for him if he shows up. But um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, to me, it, it's just way you're you're sending things away before you can see how exciting it could actually be, and that that's a uh, that's a, that'd be a bad move. Well, if you listen to the um, the NBA players themselves, isn't Andre Drummond the greatest rebounder of all time? Uh, Hey man, I love I love me some Andre. I, I love I love uh, I love the classic back down big men, and Drummond was one of the better ones. Absolutely. Uh. Yeah, look, I I don't know what it is with this DA thing. We're just always going to be unhappy as fans because he's, as you're saying, our, our number one draft pick. So people are always going to have very very high expectations from him, but. In terms of big men, I think we have one of the best big men in the league at the moment. Obviously, that's with rose-colored glasses. But looking at potential, um, I, I can't see anyone that's going to be better for us right now that fits the mold like DA does. And I, I really think we just need to just watch this space. We've been saying it for years, and yes... Honestly, in my mind, this is DA's last chance. You've got to give him half the season. You've got to give him half the season to adjust to a new coach, new style of play, basically a new game for for himself and the people around him before we can even think about moving him on for other pieces. That's definitely the thing. You know, I think this is not the time. Uh, we've got a big man whisperer in Frank Vogel. Uh, this is the perfect time. To... I've just turned off my YouTube on my phone. Hopefully that'll make me sound better. <laughs> I was going to say, you just cut out for a while got... there. <laughs> oh, I still don't sound any better, huh? Oh, oh may man. maybe not. There was about five seconds we missed there. Uh, but I, I was going to ask you guys, what do you think it is? That Frank does like, I mean, they say that, you know, big man whispered, but do you really think he's going to go up to DA and be like, listen, I'm going to need you to play a little bit better on defense. Um, I'm going to need you to uh, make sure nobody gets close to the basket. And I uh, really appreciate everything you're doing here. Thank you. Uh, or, or, you know, is it something, uh, something more mental, you know, like I, I'm, I'm curious how that would go. Uh, just, you know, like, uh, Hey, just give him a little tickle if he comes into the paint again and that'll throw him off. You know, it, it, it could work. It, it could work that way. I, because I I, th I think the whisper gets thrown around a little too much in pro sports. You know, this guy's a quarterback whisper. This guy, he, he, he this guy's a you know a point guard whisper. You know, Da's way up there for Frank. You know, it's, he's he's gonna have to shout a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It's um, and th this is one of the things about the brilliant coaches of all time, whether it be basketball, football, um, 
whatever the sport may be, is that you, you don't know what makes them great. You don't get to see those little nuances, those little um, uh, intricacies on how they'd be able to, you know, you, you talk about your Belichicks and Brodies. You talk mm-hmm. about your Pat Rileys. You talk about your um, Great Popovich's. Popovich, yeah. Exactly. What do they do that that unlocks and and brings out that dog and that that competitive spirit and the the talent within these superstar players or even average players who end up becoming superstar under the right coach? We don't know what what goes on, and that's that's the mark of a great coach. Yeah, you, well, you, you, you hear yeah. all the all the the, um, the the great quotes and stuff. You know, Vince Lombardi and and whatnot. Um, uh, see if I can get this right. Uh, it's not worth winning if you can't win big. No, that was the villain from Mighty Ducks. No, no, no. Um, it's um, losing feels worse than winning feels good, or something along those lines. Um. Winning feels worse than losing feels yeah, good. Losing feels worse than winning feels good. It's something along those lines. So basically, like the <laughs> losses hurt more than the wins feel good. Okay. Um, but yeah, the the I don't have a, a, a lot of stats or stake to go on with Vogel uh, because a he's a Lakers bloke and we don't watch them very closely. Who are the Lakers? Well, I, I don't watch them very closely. The Lakers of Minnesota? Love that. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah. That makes sense. The, the, no, I don't know much about the Los Angeles Lake. Yeah, yeah no. Idiots. The, what, they the, don't even know the Lebron maybe. Um, that's probably as close <laughs> as lakes that they have. But, no, I mean, it's, um, it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do. We've got a little back and forth going on in the chat. We've got some weirdo named Creepy Crawley saying, we'll help with our future cap dilemma. Come on, man. Get out of here with that stuff. You talking about the salary cap? We've never won a championship. We are in to win the championship. Voice says in the chat, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Get out of here with the salary cap stuff. I don't want to hear about that. Make a trade if it makes us better, period. Well, and see, but that's you know, what I do love about Suns fans, though, right, Keith, is that we uh, we have been great at NBA 2K for so many years because we had that decade of despair. And so we got very good at being like, all right, Eric Bledsoe for two first-round draft picks. I bet you I can make somebody accept this in NBA 2K. Um, and uh, we, we've gotten very good at, like, we're always building for that, like, eventual dynasty team that we want to have. But let's get that first one. Let's let's make sure we get the first one. You know, I, I don't care if we are, you know, the, the Los Angeles Rams who won the Super Bowl and then the next year just were horrendous because everyone was hurt. Nobody could play. And, I mean, this year, a little bit mixed. But, like, I'd rather make sure we go out and get one than sit there and be like, I don't know, just in case. Let's get this shade and sharp. Maybe there's some potential there. Um, I get I get the mentality, but I think this is as close to a sure thing as the franchise has ever had. Hamo, I think you were getting at that uh, early at the beginning, right? Where we we had the seven seconds or less, um, you know, Barkley's teams, um, and for a while it was like, okay, very good teams. We have a great shot at the championship. This on paper is even better right now. 
Oh, we, we have an incredible. I don't. Not even just for a Suns team, but I think in terms of teams, basketball teams throughout history, especially more recent history, I, I can't think of a better team on paper than than what we've got right now. Just, just can't. Or the talent of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley some of the Miami super teams, the Warriors super teams, those are two of the only teams you can think of in recent history that compare. And so that's why I definitely think we're a super team. But, you know, as far as Frank Vogel goes, coach for Aiden and for the team right now, I think it is partly the scheme. You know, he is known as a defensive coach. His teams have always been in the top of defense in the league, except for when he was in Orlando and they didn't. He knows how to coach big men. Obviously, he had Roy Hibbert in Indiana. I think more than that, it is partly mental. You know, Aiton has always had the skill. He just hasn't always been able to bring it to bear on the court. And I think part of that is just, you know, not being comfortable in his role, but also not knowing what the coach wants him to do. He was never, you know, the best defensive coach, even though we had good defenses while he was here. Um, you know, he had Aiton setting screens on every single play, but never getting the ball. It's it's not just about scoring, but Aiton just wants to be a part of things, you know. And Vogel would make comments, you know, like that wasn't Suns basketball. That's not how we play, you know. Or Aiton would have a big first quarter, and then he wouldn't hardly see the ball the rest of the game. And, you know, little things like that wear on you. And I think Vogel won't let that happen. You know, there's just little things you need to do and just keep him involved. Don't have him set a screen on every single play. Now that we have guys like Kevin Durant. So I think that's some of the things that Vogel. And, uh, you know, we've got some great comments here in the chat. Uh, you know, Josh. Huntstar05, he says the Lakers suck so bad, even HBO can stop them. You know, Josh, he's one of he's a part of the team here at Suns Planet. He created our Hell intro yeah. and our outro. So if you like those, let Josh know he does amazing work. Yeah, you'll quickly notice that uh there's gonna be other video clips that Josh didn't do, and you'll notice that uh very quickly. <laughs> That yeah, that's a good question that um that uh my main man Boyd's bringing up there. Who who is that in the photo next to Al McCoy? It's me, Jake. Oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> it happens, guys. It happens. I don't know. No. I don't know. John Bloom. We'll go with John Bloom. Yeah, why not? This guy, John Bloom. Why not? John Bloom until we know but yeah, definitely, guys. Like like Keith was saying, Josh has done amazing work on our our intro and outro. And I, I ah man, if I had a the old superb leave, if I had a nickel for every time I watched our intro video, 
I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't need to be a podcaster or a, or a garbo rock. for work. It does rock, but, um, it? it is pretty damn tight. And to hear it for the first time um, with the headphones and, and everything going, man, that, thank you, Josh. That was beautiful, brother. You've done amazing work. Amazing. Well, with that, I think it's maybe time to look at a structure that we're trying to prepare. What do you guys think? I didn't catch it. What'd you say? I think we should check out a little room that we've got under construction. Oh, does that sound let's good? Let's do it. Fire it up. Yeah. What's the name of that there nightclub of yours again? You talking about the boom boom room? Yeah, the boom boom room. That's it. Well, I sure like to see that place and you get it all up and running and pretty looking. Yeah, me too, Ray. Me too. <laughs> the Devin Booker so, boom boom room. The boom boom room. It's under construction. Come on in, guys. Step on into the boom room. It's under construction right now. At some point in the future, we will have a graphic to show you. How nice and pretty looking we got that boom room. But, you know, the boom room is where it all goes down. It's the Suns fan sanctuary. K-Ray tried to tell you all about, you know, you got anything you want to talk about with Suns fans? You don't want those silly Nuggets fans to hear? Come on into the boom room. If any riffraff tries to come in, we've got our bouncer, Jake, to take care of him. Right, Jake? I love it because I used to bartend and Hamo used to be the bouncer, but they put they put the littler guy at the door. That's it's a classic move. It's very Booker esque. Dude, I was fifty two kilos dripping wet when I was bouncing. I don't know how the hell I'm still alive. Well, it's all about attitude. And rumor has it a little a little uh, a little punk named Luke has been trying to get in there, but uh, we'll we'll let uh, uh, Josh show you more <laughs> next time. Hey, Luke, swinging yeah, around we'll by his little bitch tits. <laughs> so, you know, the boom room is for all Suns fans. If anyone in the chat has anything they want to talk about, let us know. I don't know if you guys have any topics for the boom room this week. I do. But if anyone else wants to start us, uh, guys, go ahead. What do you got? What do you got feeling there, Keith? All right. And let me know, you know, if I sound any better. I hope uh, the microphone and everything sounds better. I'm not cutting out. But what I want to talk about, tell me, why is the media and people like ESPN trying to tell us the Denver Nuggets are a dynasty? The Denver Nuggets? Are you kidding me? These guys won 53 games last year, even with the best player in the league the best home court advantage in the league. They were 15th on defense in the regular season. Very few teams like that ever win the championship. They had a good playoffs because they played three play-in teams. That's never happened before. They won a Mickey Mouse championship. And now you're trying to tell me they're a dynasty after they lost one of their best players, Bruce Brown? They had three guys last year that could play defense. Aaron Gordon, KCP, and Bruce Brown. 
They were already 15th on defense. They just lost one of their best defensive guys. How are they going to be able to defend anyone? Aren't they going to fall even further? They barely had a good enough defense to roll through playoff play-in teams last year. How are they going to guard Devin Booker, Bradley Bill, and Kevin Durant? There ain't no way. I think they're going to be three, four, five in the West. I don't think they're going to get back even to the Western Conference Finals. But if they do, no chance they beat Phoenix. Denver Nuggets with their current team, they're done. Not a dynasty. Get out of here. Well, Go I, I on, think, Jag. yeah, yeah. Uh, I will. Ooh, uh, I I, I want to be a total homer here, but um, I remember thinking that the entire time Denver was rolling through the playoffs, like ah, they're overrated, and uh, and I get it. Um, I, you know, nobody should have been afraid of the T Wolves. Uh, Anthony Edwards isn't ready yet, and, and of course they're trying that double tower situation that has had mixed results at best. Um, we gave it a good shot, but and then I think a lot of, uh, uh, of ESPN types forget that Chris Paul went down because he always goes down, and then DA, uh, DA missed the last game. So uh, you know, when two of your big four are out, it's going to be a struggle fest. Um, I, I think uh, you know the Heat. I never, I did not understand how they made it as far as they did. It was fun to watch the Cinderella Heat uh, do that. Uh, and I honestly, I think the Lakers are overhyped and that's not just me hating on the Lakers, but I don't think that I, I didn't buy into Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell being key pieces. And I think father time is going to catch up to which people have been saying about LeBron uh, for a long time. But I think we started seeing him break down a little bit more um, and not have quite the, the, the stamina uh, anymore. Uh, and, and AD of course always has to worry about the injury bug. So yeah, uh, I think, I think it's going to be super competitive in the West, and I. But I think Denver still has a shot uh, because they do play very well, consistently well, and uh, they. You know, uh, it's it's tough for me to be like, oh, they're going to have trouble because Bruce Brown's not there. Uh, I mean, to me, that's like, oh, well, we did lose Tory Craig, I mean, <laughs> like a, a, a key bench guy, but um, so no, I, I think. Uh, dynasty, yeah, too soon, too soon for dynasty for sure. You know, if, if they're if they're rolling it, you know, uh, the top seed uh, going in uh, to the playoffs this year, maybe, maybe you can start to say, oh, they've got a shot to build this dynasty up. Um, but uh, you know, way too early with one title, and they've never won one before, and it's already like a title contender. No, there, there's too many good teams, um, not just in the West, but uh, there's too many good teams that can absolutely throw a wrench into that. So I do not, uh, I do not love it. My view on the Denver Nuggets is I have a tendency to say things too quick and people jump on me before I get to actually explain it. But they they do seem to remind me a lot of the um, Ginobili, Duncan, Parker era of the Spurs. They're just stoic. Fundamentals. Yeah. Fundamentals. Not a lot of flash. Not a lot of, you know, Duncan was one of the most quietest people, you know. He's still wearing a $3 T-shirt from Walmart. Jokic is sort of the same. You know, he, he won his championship. He went back home and was upset that his horse didn't win a race. You know, he, he ain't out there popping crystal, being J.R. Smith rolling around with no shirt on for the last six and a half years. <laughs> 
No, so, but, he, he, Smith took it to the golf course. Now he, he's he's a pro golfer now. So that's right. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Called yeah, way no. down when he realized he was not nearly that good to pull that stuff off. Oh well, yeah, putting uh, holes in one instead of holes in people is probably a better move for him. But um, the Nuggets dynasty? <laughs> no, nah, look. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What? Maybe a hole on defense, but yeah, I don't. Was was he shooting oh, he, people? He, I don't. He, he's a bit of a gangster. He's 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 a Yeah, but he's not like Gilbert Arenas, like flashing it in the locker room, right? At least I hope well, he was. Well, he ain't John Morant. Well, exactly. <laughs> Get the gap. You ain't even T Morant. Uh, no, look, the in a world of clickbait, in a world of um you know, views and subs- subscribes and, and all this kind of shit. People just say whatever the flying daffy duck that they want. And obviously they're going to say things that are controversial. I mean, hell, I did it for two years just to try and make a name for myself. But the the Nuggets being a dynasty, is it's it's just silly, people. We're, I'm not going to entertain the idea. It's just silly. It's just crap. Definitely, uh, you know, and the internet and Twitter is a source of a lot of our problems. You know, the the trade rumors wouldn't be everywhere and be such a thing if it wasn't for Twitter. You know, everybody hears every little rumor, no matter who it comes from. Could be any rando on Twitter, and people just run with it. And they just, they all, oh, yep, he's gone, trade's coming, you know. And there are people that have sources, obviously. People like PHNX and Gambo are giving us great info right now. But even though these talks are happening, that doesn't mean that something's going to happen. Trade talks happen all the time, you know. And a lot of the things that are leaked to people are leaked because they're dead. They didn't happen. If they were still ongoing, it's usually not leaked. So Well, and, and let's always remember know, personally, that. The national guys have to keep conversations going. I remember when, uh, if, for those who like the NFL, uh, when Tim Tebow was in there, it was nonstop Tim Tebow talk. And, and it wasn't that he was good. It was that they just knew that if somebody said Tim Tebow was good or Tim Tebow was bad, people would want to listen in uh, to hear the debate. And it went on for way too long. Uh, and, and it's sort of like, you know, so I, I think right now what they're looking at is, hey, if we start to say something somewhat outlandish, not terribly outlandish, it has to be in the realm of believability, right? That the Denver Nuggets could build a dynasty because they have a strong foundation. You have so many people from East Coast, West Coast teams, uh, you know, in those markets being like, absolutely not. There's no way the Denver Nuggets could ever possibly do this. Uh, but I will say one thing, going back to that series last year, there was somebody who didn't quite pull his weight as much as I thought he should. And hopefully with a full training camp under his belt and a kind of rebuilt team, we're going to see the Slim Reaper do a little better. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. <laughs>
going to have to see it. The Slim Reaper get a little bit more death-like in these playoff matches. I think that's going to be the key in this upcoming playoff season. Hell yeah, man. And guys, uh, this is why you need to watch these podcasts as well as listen to them. Yeah, and you can... Oh, exhibit one of a video that Josh did not do. (laughs) But what did you guys think? Was I... I out of plate, you know, I know that uh, there's a lot of DA stands out there, and and I, I think I'm kind of one of them. Um, I, I'm a big uh, defender of his, and um, but I was pretty upset with the the some of the games that Kevin Durant was playing, and I think I actually now, in retrospect, put a little bit of it on Monty and just the fact that he didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare, but. I expected more in those games too, and I just didn't quite see it in that particular playoff series. Um, not that he's a bad player, not saying that, of course. I'm not going to be way out there, but I will say, underperformed when you think of how much we gave up for him. You expect a player like that to go out and win you a couple games by himself if he has to. I don't think we got that version of KD in that series. Yeah, I would agree. You know, uh, KD had great stats, um, as he always does, but the impact just wasn't quite there. You know, Monty had him standing in the corner a lot. He didn't know how to use him. I'm not going to blame Monty for that completely because he only had eight regular season games with KD. Although, at the same time, we knew since the summer before that we had a good chance to get him. So he probably should have been planning a little bit more on how to use him. But, uh, you know, KD, he still had good stats with the shooting and everything. But he just didn't quite have the impact. Maybe part of it was still coming back from the injury and everything. But uh, I definitely think he'll be better this year for sure. Well, let's talk, though, too, about uh, some of the new players then. Because uh, we're running towards the, uh, you know, we got eight minutes left here in the fourth quarter. Um, and, uh, or about, yeah, 10 minutes left, uh, here in the fourth quarter. And so, uh, one guy I'm particularly excited to see, I think he should be considered for the starting lineup is going to be, this guy is going to be knocking down a lot of those corner threes that Joshua Kogi had trouble with. Utah guy. Way to go, Josh. I'm going to pretend you did that one. <laughs> the shooter. The shooter. Uh, dude was stroking it when KD was in Brooklyn. Uh, I would love to see him uh, in that kind of like crunch time uh, time when teams are going to be freaking out with Beal, Booker, and Durant on the court. And it's either going to be uh, just alley-oop passes and just like, uh, you know, pick and rolls with DA or you've got Yuta in the corner, just, just what was it? Something like 50% of corner threes were going down for Yuta when he was playing with KD, something just absolutely phenomenal. And Josh Okogi, every time he was shooting, we're like, ah, maybe this one will go in. <laughs> like, we loved his defense. And he, but he, he was, I don't even know if streaky would be the right uh, term. Uh, streaky means you can go hot and cold. He was cold. He was the coldest of uh, the uh, Phoenix Suns shooting. Get it? The coldest. Um, so very, uh, very disappointing most of the time. Sometimes he could kind of impress. But um, yeah, no, you to the shooter. What do we think? Most under the radar uh, minimum free agent contract that we picked up? 
he seems to be one of the most adaptable players that I've seen in a long time. He seems to just be able to slot in to whatever rotation and whatever his his role is at the time. Um, in ter- in terms of get- getting back to KD, I mean, I last season obviously wasn't his best season he's ever had because he spent however many months trying to prepare for uh, the Brooklyn way of things, the way it was supposed to be. And then all of a sudden he's up and changed teams. So he's got to learn a whole new style of play. So I'm not I'm not too fussed on KD. I think this year, with the the extra time he's had to to train with guys like Book and so forth, um, we'll we'll see the old Kevin Durant that we all know and love. But Yuta is definitely one of those versatile. Uh, he just he's easy going, you know what I mean. He can just like you do this. Yes, boss. And he's over there doing it. He, he, he he's he, like a poor man's Kevin Durant. You know, that was the that was the big yeah. phrase for Kevin Durant. He can walk in anywhere and just start draining jumpers. Hundred percent. And Yuda is not nearly on that level, but he doesn't have to be for us to be successful no, with him in the lineup. Of course not. But um I, I, geez, start and line up. What do you think, Keith? So, personally, I think KBD, Keita Bates-Diop, should be the fifth starter. I want that length. Um, I also think Akogi uh, can play a little two-guard rather than the three. We got a lot of forwards, especially with Utah, and especially if Kamara actually pans out eventually and works his way into the lineup. I think, um, you know, I think we've got three great guards with Booker, Bill, and Eric Gordon, the possible sixth man of the year. We don't need a lot of minutes at guard, but uh, I like KBD as that fifth starter with the length and a good three-point shooter as well. Wow. You forget how many people play for this team. I, I forgot all about two. <laughs> I actually you know, exactly. I was trying to think about it, yeah. I actually forgot Bull Bull was on the team. Of all the people that are on the team, actually, I was trying to name them off before the podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, we got Eric Gordon, yeah, and uh, Yuta, of course, and KBD. And who am I missing? And I'm just like, oh, Bull Bull. How the hell did I miss him? Son's Twitter won't let you forget that he's apparently the greatest <laughs> uh, the greatest player that will never get meaningful minutes on this team this year. That's my negative uh, note for the day. That's the thing. You know, we've already got – nine or ten solid rotation players without even counting guys like Ball Ball and Kamara that could force their way in there. So why would we trade Aiden for more depth? We don't need depth. We're already one of the deepest teams in the playoffs, maybe nine. So I think we're good to go with depth. You know, one of the biggest weaknesses over the past couple years has been our three-point shooting. We actually had good percentages, but we've always been one of the lowest takers of threes in the league. Our numbers just weren't there. And, you know, this summer we had a, a lot of high-volume three-point shooters like Utah, like Eric Gordon. These are guys that can space the floor. There's so many death lineups we can put out with shooting that, you know, I, I think we fixed our main weaknesses and we're good to go. I, I don't want to see any trades before the season. 
Well, it's, and it's not necessary. I, I, again, uh, exactly. I, I see the perspective of what about the future? Because we have so many guys on minimum contracts. And if we are successful in winning the title, a lot of those guys will be offered more money. You know, they'll get the Bruce Brown treatment of, hey, don't play for another less than $2 million contract. Come come to us and get 10 um, and, and actually make some money. And some of these younger guys that that are playing on a lower contract, like a Josh Akogi, would absolutely go for that. Because, you know, you get you get a title and then all of a sudden, hey, get that generational wealth. Not saying that $2 million isn't generational wealth, but like, hey, really set up yourself. Um, you know, I, so I could see that, you know, because there's going to be a lot of turnover. And then next year uh, when uh, we're celebrating 365 uh, days on Sun's Planet, we're going to say, oh, what do you think about these new six guys we just picked up? And it's, it's going to happen again. But the solution is not Yusuf Nurkic and Caleb Martin and shade and sharp right now it's 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 that's not a solution it's not a realistic one to be like oh well we've got we've got our key eight back um i'd rather again go get the title worry about it later and that seems to be the mentality that ishby and uh, james jones have adopted all i can hear in the back of my head is sun's gig saying preach 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 and slam that like button Slam that like button. Hulk, Hulk smash that like button, people. Yeah, which is smash. a good good point. Thanks for bringing that up, Jake. Hulk smash that like, <laughs> like button. Like and subscribe people. and uh... like and subscribe. Look, um, yeah, next year could be a, a totally different team, like you're saying. But as it is right now, we have some of the best um shooters going around. And there was a stat that came out the other day that I seen, and I, I won't get the numbers right because I'm not a numbers guy. But Damian Lee finished off the season last year with the third highest three-point percentage in the league, I believe. And he's a bloke we're not even talking about. Well, yeah, right now he's not even in our top nine or ten-man rotation. That's how deep we are. We can't play a guy that shoots 50% from three. That's crazy. You know, and of course, the best guy is Devin Booker. We haven't hardly talked That's how many things there are to talk about. But let's just talk a little bit about Devin Booker before we get out of here. You know, this well, guy. We talked about his boom, boom room and that, and that we got okay. VIP passes to the boom, boom room. But yeah, people want to know more fair, probably about fair. what he's doing when he's not in the club. We, we can't talk about everything that goes on. In the boom boom room, it's, it's true. We'll we'll let you know about. We something. only know that Whit, Luca wishes he was in there. His mom's in there. His mom's in there. His, His mom, mom has been in there for a long time. I let her in. I She's said having it was a great time. Night, two for one. Yep, she she's having a in. great time. Getting a little bit of mimosas going on and stuff. It's yeah, she's enjoying herself. Mimosas. Mimosa. <laughs> it's a it's it's an early morning daytime club as well. It's a twenty four hour club. The boom boom room. It's dark, man. It's like all clubs. It's dark on the inside, yeah, so you don't you know are, what time it is outside. You Aussies and your mimosa. See, this is why Suns playing. It's going to be great. I can't wait to get like Suns France on here and be like, you know, with a glass of Bordeaux, you know, just really lighten up. Maybe a champagne or something would be like, oh my god, you guys and your territorial alcohol. Thanks, Boyd. <laughs> Keith, so you know Devin here. Booker, he's pretty Booker, he's pretty much done. You know, I think he's going to take even another leap this year. I think he's going to be one of the top assist guys in the league. You know, I think he's going to average at least eight assists. I think he's going to be in the top ten in assists. 
I think he's going to be in the MVP race. I think there's really three Hell people yeah. that the MVP race is going to come down to, and that's Giannis, that's Booker, and that's KD. And I just hope one of our guys wins it. What do you You take MVP. this one for sure. Yeah. Oh, look. You're, it could be Bull Bull from, have... according to Sun's Twitter, Bull Bull is a, is a great under-the-radar option. For and just team. throwing it back a little bit to um, uh, Voiders. Uh, I've never heard Lob Lob before. That's, that's <laughs> lob, just lob brilliant. Lob Bull Instead of Bull Bull, Lob Lob. That's just funny. Kevin Durant's always going to be an MVP conversation. Same as uh, your LeBron's, same as, you know, over the previous years, your Kobe's, your uh, your top-tier people. The, the national media sleeps on Booker. They always have and they always will. And personally, I'm okay with that. If the, the national media or in, even international media, obviously, being overseas... Um, if they want to keep sleeping on him, good. It only means better things for us. If if the the national media isn't paying that much attention to him, well, then maybe other teams aren't paying that much attention to him. But having that twin threat of Booker and KD, you never know where it's going to be coming from. And definitely both of them should be in the top five consideration for MVP. Even right now, regardless of what happens with this season, they should definitely be in the, in the conversation. But uh, I still think that the media is going to favour your bigger name, Kevin Durant, over Devin Booker, and I'm cool with that. Well, let's not forget that the media thought that Chris Paul deserved more MVP votes at one point. Uh, than Devin Booker in terms of uh, he was trending that way uh, a couple of years back when he was with us. So you're right. I think that uh, Booker is a little bit forgotten at, at sometimes. Uh, I think it's uh, I think he's going to be more noticed than ever before this season. And at first, I was very much uh, of the opinion of Darth Voda, Darth Voida, that there's going to be too much firepower that they're going to eat into each other's stats a little bit, and maybe nobody's going to like go off consistently and, and just dominate. So I, I could totally see that. I could see. Durant, Booker, and Beal all getting in the low 20s for points. And uh, and people will just say, well, that can't really be an MVP, can it? But uh, and thinking about it a little bit further and hearing from our uh, our great friends uh, uh, you know, uh, across Suns pods, I am a little bit more now convinced that if the Suns have the best record in the West, which is certainly in the realm of possibility, then you look at who the best player is and who is the leader of the team. The leader is no doubt Booker. And I think they'll point to him and say, yeah, this is our best guy. Uh, so I think actually the new rule uh, against, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, was it not clock management? What am I thinking? Uh, oh, load management and resting players in between games and the penalties for that, I think actually might help somebody like a Devin Booker uh, uh, and potentially even Kevin Durant. Um, be more in the in the conversation because all of a sudden these guys said maybe they were just going to take a night off against uh, you know the Detroit Pistons or you know a, a team that's really starting to tread water towards the end of the season. Um, then all of a sudden it's you know they don't have to do that and they're coming in they're going to drop thirty and try and check out early in the game. And so we might run over a few teams 
you know, and then they get to rest in the fourth quarter then. And all of a sudden you might see a little bit more of that. So uh, I, I think best player in the best team, that if that's how the voters are going to vote, which it's kind of hard to figure each year. It seems that they change it all the time, right? Uh, that I think Booker's got a shot at it if it's going to be that. Um, but um, otherwise, I think, yeah, it, it can be a little choppy, but I think he's it, Booker, if anyone's going to be in the conversation. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I think that this year, you know, the media is not going to pull the Lucas, the best player on an A seed. He's averaging 29 points. Let's give him the MVP. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think over 51 wins, I think they're going to win at least 60. I think they're going to have the best record in the league, other than maybe Milwaukee. And that's why I think it's going to be tough to beat Giannis for MVP. But I think Booker can do it. He's starting to show everybody that he plays defense. He does all the little things. He showed it on the Olympic team. Even for the next upcoming Olympics, he said, I'll do it. I'll be that guy that will come in and do all the little things. Sons are going to be on TV almost half their games next year. I think people are going to be tuning in. I think they're going to see that Booker is the leader of the team and that he does all the things that it takes to win. And so I think he's going to get a lot of votes. We'll see if he wins it. Well, and it's a lot easier uh, to do the little things and play defense when you know that your team's going to be good too. And that's why I think you're going to see a, a, a shot in the arm for people like a Bradley Beal. It's all of a sudden a lot easier to convince yourself to play hard on defense because if you come up with a steal and and quick outlet pass and you've got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker flying down the court, uh, you know, and DA uh, ready to go jam it in as well, then it gets a lot easier to say, I'm going to, you know, bust my tail to on defense because it's an automatic bucket if we get it back down there. So, uh, no, I totally agree with you. It's a lot easier to play hard defense when you know your team's good. If you know your team's bad, that's kind of why you, you start to hear about the empty stats guys who are just, I'm going to take the defensive plays off and just try and light up the scoreboard. And it's the old thing too, like um, if, if you surround yourself with greatness, you're going to achieve it. Anyone who works in a team-based environment for their day job would understand that. If, if you've got one person that's not pulling their weight, not only is it you crack the shits with them, but it, it sort of brings the whole team down. You know, it's like, well, why am I putting in the effort when this guy's just slacking off? It's got to be a, a, a lot more comfortable, a lot more um, relaxing knowing that you're surrounded by people who actually care about their craft, who actually really don't want to fail. They thrive on success. Not saying that you can back it off on your end of things, but it's it's got to be a lot better knowing that You've got the, the the people around there who are as dedicated as you are. You know, if you book her, then it's like your KDs, your, your Eric Gordon, um, your Uders, people that just want to thrive and, and the do shooter. the best that they can. Uda the shooter. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's incredible. And and looking back from the last couple of years too, I mean, Booker was poised to to take over this being his team in my opinion, and then the Chris Paul trade happened where Chris Paul came to the the Suns. And I think his uh, respect 
sort of made him take a little bit of a back seat and say, okay, well, maybe it is my team, but CP3's like the guy kind of thing. But now I, I, I don't see that with the Kevin Durant kind of thing, man. Honestly, it feels like it's Book's team now. It is Booker's team now, and Kevin Durant just decided to play for Booker. So I, I think it, there's a there's a whole different perspective in Book's mind that's going on. It's like he's he's not pandering to someone who is in the twilight of their years. He's now with people who are just absolute easy money snipers, and it's going to be a beautiful thing, man. Well, what do you think? Definitely, Keith? and. I was just going to say, what you know, do you, what just do you think? real quick. Yeah. I think people are sleeping on Bradley Beal. A lot of people say he's too injury prone. He's this and that. But I've been watching this guy for a while. He's a killer. I wanted him really badly. I thought we'd have to trade someone like DeAndre Ayton to get him. I was willing to do that. Um, but we only traded Chris Paul. And Landry Shamit to get Bradley Bill? Are you kidding me? That happened on Father's Day. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, But that happened on Father's Day when I was with my girlfriend and her family. We were all there together. I saw the trade. I came back in the room and I said, the Suns just got Bradley Bill. We're winning the championship. Let's go. My girlfriend looks at everybody. She's like, this guy, he says that every year. Can you believe that? (laughs) She did me dirty, guys. Come on. (laughs) But uh, I really do think this is the year. And uh, we're going to start to wrap it up here. So, Hamo, why don't you start us with final comments and where we can find you? First of all, um, I'd just like to thank both of you gentlemen. Um, being presented with the opportunity to to work with two of the best um, basketball minds in terms of of Phoenix Suns fandom is is a, a a massive opportunity that I just could not turn down. So thank you very much, gentlemen. It is an absolute pleasure and a privilege to be talking Suns with you guys. Uh, I'm still going to be on the Aussie Suns fans. You know that that's that's how we started and that's how we roll. That's that's how it works. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm very excited for this, man. I mean, it's it's 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and I don't know how the how the hell I'm going to get back to sleep. I really don't. <laughs> this has been so much fun, and <laughs> an hour and ten minutes has just flown by, guys. Absolutely flown by. But we got a lot of exciting exciting stuff for um, you Suns fans. So please, shit. Share this podcast with your friends, your family, your your your, your teammates, your workmates, anyone who's a, a Phoenix Suns or a basketball fan in general. You know, share this out. Uh, like, like Keith was saying at the start, I think we have the monopoly here because can't think of any other Suns podcast that's got uh, people from different continents and able to bring even you two fellas from where you are in America, different areas. Two completely different views. So um, very, very excited, very grateful, and 
thanks for tuning in guys well this has been a blast uh and yeah i think uh, a, a solid first episode i'm excited for where this is gonna go I'm, I'm a little i was a little nervous to come off the free agent market for you know a rebuilding team you know or not a, an expansion team shall we say of, of uh, phoenix suns podcasting but uh you know uh, just like the seattle's uh, supersonics you know seattle would love to have a team come back vancouver uh, canada and uh, Vegas would love to have a team. Well, Suns Planet now is the first expansion team for the uh, Suns podcasting community. So we're excited. Drop a five-star review in Spotify and on, on any uh, podcasting. And uh, Hamill will read you a romantic poem in your honor while reading those uh, reviews. He doesn't know that yet because I just thought of that as I went. Uh, you can find me at Fallen Founder. And uh, I'll just say um, uh, good morning, Al. And um, good night, Australia. And I Light will try to fix my. I will try to fix my internet for next time. Sorry about that, guys. It usually works really well, so I'm really shocked. You know, I didn't even think to check that. You know, I was preparing everything else, but uh, this has been a great first episode. I love you guys. Let's try to grow Suns Planet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sundress Dunks. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Suns Planet Pod. Uh, we'll be on Spotify everywhere you get podcasts. We're getting the face, Facebook page going as well. But with that, Al, take us out. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the Suns get set to shine here on their home court. Here's Perry. The guy heard. Here's the jump shot. Good! It's good! Al McCoy with you courtside. Pumped up a three. Tuesday! He ties it! Here's Cameron Payne out on top. Durant, three-pointer straight away. I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone in this arena this afternoon, to all of those that are watching and listening on radio and TV. A thank you for allowing me to tell the story of the Suns for 51 great years. That pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.